A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to Unscrewed, the show that knows that real liberation includes sexual liberation. I am your host, Jacqueline Friedman, and welcome back from hiatus. We made it. I hope you all had as good of summers as you could manage in the giant trash fire year we are all having. I'm really psyched to be back with a new slate of shows. I think you're going to love them, and I couldn't be any more excited to start off with our first guest, the one and only Zoe Quinn. If you have ever heard the phrase Gamergate, you've probably heard the name Zoe Quinn. But for those, (laughs) I feel sort of ugh with that introduction because Zoe is so much more than Gamergate, which is part of what we're going to talk about. But that is where most people have heard her name. You know, Zoe is an independent game developer and a lovely human who wound up targeted by an an ex-boyfriend which instigated an international hate campaign that targeted her and some other folks and kind of expanded to the Trump administration basically (laughs) sounds weird when you lay it out I know that's true though You're complete, like, that's that's the thing that's, like, so uh, out there about all that is that is not incorrect. It's, it's just sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, that, that, that did happen to me. That's weird. <laughs> so, Zoe, welcome to Unscrewed. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. So you have a new book out called Crash Override, which is quite a bit about that funny story I just told, as well as some other stuff, which I want to talk to you all about. But first, as you know, we have to get into our lightning round of questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. What has been making you the happiest this week? This week's been weird because this week has been a lot of medical procedures to me. But okay, this is the thing that's made me happiest this week. After getting all of my wisdom teeth removed, I was waiting for a cab outside of the dentist office. And this guy came up and he was like catcalling me and he was like not taking the hint because uh, I was just looking at my phone and ignoring him. Um, and he just kept like, you know, saying like, hey, baby, what's up and stuff like that. So I just like looked at him, opened my mouth and like let all of the blood that was in my mouth just spill out while making eye contact with oh, him. Wait, I saw somebody post your tweet about that, but I didn't see that, that it was you. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, it, it was like... There was no thought in my mind at the time. It was just like the only time I've accurately been able to convey to someone how that makes me feel. So I just like looked up from my phone, made eye contact, and it was just like, Bleh. and I've never seen someone instantly regret their decision more. But they made like a, a little yell noise and like walked away in the other direction very quickly. <laughs> All right, that's making me happy this week too. I love this. That's so good, awesome. Good. Excellent. What's the best sex advice you ever received? Don't fuck anyone who wouldn't be okay with laughing during sex if something funny happened, because they're usually way, way, way too serious, not willing enough to go with the flow. You know, that's that's always kind of bummer sex. It's not 
one where you can like if somebody farts or makes a silly noise you should be able to laugh or if you're like me sometimes and like trying to be a jerk in a fun way like a jester a sex jester switching it up and saying yup instead of uh yes or oh yeah or anything like that just because yup is the only not sexy way to say yes if they don't laugh you can do better i'm super trying that that's excellent that's up there with my other move of um like getting one of those dog squeaky squeaky toy things and uh, sliding it into the lining of my bra if i if i think like (laughs) you know it's gonna gonna be a good first date or something so it's just like a surprise hunk uh that's a good test because like how that person responds to that like lets you know whether you want to go further right (laughs) oh yeah you learn a lot about a person by how they react to your boob squeaking at them (laughs) excellent In terms of sex or sexuality-related news, what's been making you the maddest or saddest lately? Can my answer just be gestures vaguely at the current United States political climate? Yes, it absolutely can. Okay, the the lovely listeners can't see it, but I'm just kind of like gesturing with my arms at sort of everything right now. It's bad. All of this fuckery, yes. All of it, just all of it. What is the biggest myth about sex you used to believe but don't believe anymore? So there's almost too many to pick from because I grew up in a super rural area that didn't really have sex ed outside of don't do it. I guess the biggest myth that I was unaware of was that foreskins ex- – so I didn't know foreskins existed uh, until my 20s. Did you find out when you encountered one? Yes. I feel really bad about it. I was like, oh, my God, what's wrong with your dick? Oh, no. (laughs) I was like literally 20. So that's like still basically an asshole teenager. And I'd never seen that before. I I had seen porn. I had never seen a foreskin. Any of the people that I'd been with up until that point did not have foreskins. So when I saw a foreskin for the first time, I was like, what the hell is that? Are you okay?" He was very patient with me. And he's like, "Okay, yes, I've gotten that before, which also is horrifying to me. Uh, and all of this is horrifying in hindsight because, like, I just – I did not know anything about that sort of thing. Um, and, you know, it, he he was cool about it. But I still feel like, man, that could not have been good for that guy's confidence. And I still feel I, – I will Aww. always be a little bit guilty about that. Yeah, it's probably not the best, but it's understandable. Lastly, who is one of the bravest people that you admire who's working to unscrew the sexual culture in one way or another? I would have to say Jisley. Always been a big fan. How come? Just the attitude of deconstructing a lot of gender stuff and seeing somebody that seemed so unapologetic and open at the same time. I, I don't know. It always meant a lot to me. And, you know, as someone who who's a former sex worker myself, it's a, like, but anybody who's like making headway in depictions of sex that we see be more healthy and, and diverse and loving and consensual and not as the mainstream porn industry would sort of have it at the moment is somebody I kind of, I I like have a lot of admiration for. Fantastic. Couldn't agree more. Jizzly. All right. You survived the lightning round. That wasn't too hard. Right. Yeah. So Crash Override is kind of your memoir, but kind of also an advice book about online harassment. How do you describe the project? I guess it's kind of been changing because now that like other people are reading the book, they're like, yeah, this is kind of a memoir, but you don't actually talk about yourself that much, which is something else I realized when I was doing the uh, audiobook recording too. I'm like, oh yeah, I, I mostly just say a little bit of this is what happened to me. And then I focus on 
using that as sort of an entry point into talking about the larger uh, structural and systemic issues and referencing other cases what people have gone through, with the first half being a bit about my experience being at the center of Gamergate, and the second half being about I uh, co-founded this organization, like a crisis center and uh, resource center and advocacy network to try to help people in the ways that we have been failed. You know, what I ran into, what what I saw worked, what I saw didn't work, the roadblocks that other people who haven't necessarily um, dove into the depth that I have um, may or may not know exists and stuff like that. And kind of ending on a final plea of like, you know, this is something that is everybody's problem. This is something that will only be addressed properly when we're all on board and when we're all doing these steps and the internet is soylent green it's it's made of people so you know since we are as much the problem as we are the solution we got to really step up and take care of each other yes can you give the world's shortest summary of gamergate for people who are not familiar i'm assuming most of my listeners are but just sure so gamergate was sort of the culmination of online hatred that's sort of been around as long as the internet has like there's always been this anybody who doesn't look like a 1950s sitcom dad can go to hell uh, mentality you know white supremacist groups have been organizing online forever mras that don't actually care about men's rights activism that just want to be allowed to hit women you know all these people already existed and i had a a shitty breakup with an abusive ex-boyfriend who i had cut out of my life entirely. So he decided since he couldn't control me anymore himself, he'd get the rest of the internet to do it. So he sort of engineered basically the perfect call to arms. Like he's posted screenshots on how he workshopped it to try to make it go viral the way, you know, a company might do with cat pictures, except it was like with ruining my life. And that sort of really blew up, you know, 4chan jumped on it immediately. There was a lot of efforts to figure out who in my life they could go after. Um, It really capitalized on a lot of nerd entitlement because like, I was just at the center of all of this like background online hatred as well as in my industry in games there's been you know a lot of issues with anything having to do with gender or people of color or uh, non-cis people or you know anybody who again is not a 1950s uh, sitcom dad so the marriage of those two things kind of exploded into something that was named Gamergate by the actor Adam Baldwin <laughs> Of all people. Which makes me so sad about watching Firefly. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. I know. I can't do it. It sucks. I feel like I feel, I'm so mad about that. But yeah, so it started out with a lot of angry nerds and then, you know, trying to figure out where I was uh, talking about raping and killing me, trying to figure out how to isolate me from everybody so that I would kill myself, going after anybody uh, that was remotely associated with me. So my friends, my family, my fans, my colleagues, everybody. And that just kind of spread out into this like wider nerd McCarthyism for trying to find any quote unquote SJWs in their midst and uh, ruin their life. And then the neo-Nazis picked up on it specifically because Milo Yiannopoulos uh, wrote this whole article about it, even though months prior he was talking about how gamers are all like pants peeing baby men. So it just sort of ended up circuit, like helping to unite all of this like gross stuff that was already pre-existing. Um, and I was just kind of at the epicenter of that initially and as it spread out to other people. So given like how intense that experience has been for you and how awful and how as much as the, the book is really only maybe half about you, you talk about a lot of personal stuff in the book and this show is going to air on the on your publishing day. How are you feeling about it being out in the world? Are you more feeling 
excited to finally have your say and have your story in your own words out there. Or I, like, I wonder if you might be feeling like resentful that you have to share even more of yourself in order to get your mission out there, which is actually to make the internet better for all of us. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, very insightful that you can see that second thing is even an option because it's been hard to like try to explain to people. It's not even necessarily me having my say because it's like I don't address any of the weird accusations that my ex made, which was largely that I slept with some people and then later got turned into that I slept with some people for a game review that didn't exist for my free game. There's no point in me addressing a lot of those accusations. I feel like um, I've made a pretty hard line in the sand about telling my side of that relationship of not doing that because I don't want him to have any say over what I do at all. I don't want to play that game and I don't want to, and and it involves so many other people too. So I don't want to like even confirming or denying anything puts other people at further risk. That includes throughout the entirety of Gamergate because it does involve so many people. And if I'm like, oh yeah, this happened with this person, I know there's going to be like flat out neo-Nazis that are going to go go over this every word of this with like a fine tooth comb, either using it to look for new targets or some new thing to spin up. And I'm fine if it's against me, but if it's against other people, that's where I kind of feel like I have a responsibility to protect who I can. So, you know, it's not a happy release. I knew signing up for writing the book that it would mean having to talk about this stuff for another decent period of time. And I think it's unfortunate, but understandable that the bad things that have happened to me in a lot of regards overshadow not just who I am as a creator, but the things that I've done about them. So I wouldn't say that I'm I'm resentful, but it's not the same feeling of releasing something that is like, oh, I made this thing that I really love and believe in about some fictional world I dreamed up and I can't wait for other people to enter this fictional world for the first time. It's very different from writing fiction. At the end of the day, the only thing that matters to me is that some people who might need that book have it when they need it. Some people who might not understand the stuff and might be touting that, oh, just go offline advice might stop it. I want it to accomplish the goal of lessening the frequency and severity of online abuse for at least somebody. That's that's really all I hope for. But that said, I'm super, super, super grateful for everybody that supported me along the way and for everybody that's buying the book. It's going to be interesting to talk to people that know that sort of thing about me, you know, like how I was feeling going through this, how I was wrestling with alcoholism and depression through it. But I feel like I already kind of went through that circuit when I re- released um, my game Depression Quest anyway. So it's like that that part's familiar at least. Got it. Yeah, I mean, I was active on Twitter and as the director of Wham during Gamergate and sort of was a, I was a minor combatant, I guess, not anywhere where, where you were, but I certainly was very hyper aware of, of all of it and, and have, you know, I can just speak for myself. Like I've, I've for a long time wondered, how are you? <laughs> like, and how were you doing? And like, how, how are you getting by? Like, and so, you know, like, absolutely, that curiosity was part of what made me excited to read the book. But then I felt like, I don't know if I feel good about that question, right? Like, I just feel like so much of your life has been forcefully made public that like, that you had to expose yet more of yourself to the public. I have like a protective instinct. Actually, I super appreciate that. It was weird, you know, signing up for more of that and having to hold back on a number of things because it's like, all right, I got to be able to like prove this in triplicate 
you know, just in case I, I say something about some neo-Nazi that has money or start some GoFundMe that wants to try to dispute it. The what happened with me is like sort of fundamentally at odds with my personality, which was one of the one of the things that was so weird to me about all of this. It's like I'm not a game developer who like makes games about I don't know anything sanctimonious or anything like my my body of work is humor. It's like comedy and stuff about how I'm fucked up. It, it was weird that anybody would sort of try to be tearing me down as this alleged paragon of virtue. And yeah, I did push for some reforms, but my reforms were all like running workshops, teaching uh, women how to make games, LGBTQ kids how to make games. The horror! Yeah, I know, right? It's like, <laughs> it's like hard to even call that like straight up feminism or anything. It's like, no, I just taught people how to make games. I, I wanted anybody who wanted to make games to feel like they could. And I wanted to make games for, pe for people that you know, maybe are intimidated by holding a, con a controller with two sticks for the first time and don't know how to move around or, you know, don't know all of these things that a lot of game design already expects you to know. Like, I wanted to, to push into new, you know, new territory and make games for people who didn't think games were for them. So that definitely did not help in terms of, uh, you know, these people seeing me as a threat or an outsider somehow. But the whole thing was like, I was just a convenient stand-in for whatever they were mad about. It was simultaneously the most personal thing in the world and not personal at all. Well, and it seems to me not coincidental that the original attack was that you did sex in a way they disapproved of. You have sex powers and you're using yeah. them unfairly to like invade game space. Yeah, did you know if you uh, touch somebody in their bathing suit zones that that makes a game appear out of nowhere? <laughs> you don't even have to make it. You just like, you, you boop a person in a place and then suddenly a game exists. I've been doing That's sex wrong, I think. I've been doing games wrong, apparently. I've, I haven't I've ever just made been, like, a game with the fucking... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's maybe it's just you know a fertility, a game fertility issue. I don't oh, freaking know. Yeah, maybe I'm game infertile. Yeah, right. <laughs> the whole thing is just so baffling. Well, it is and it isn't. I mean, I'm sure it is as an individual, right? Like I can only imagine right. how baffling. But on a like social level, it's not baffling. Oh, yeah. Like that these boys are using sex as a weapon to keep women out of their boys only club. It's seriously like one of the oldest accusations against any successful woman in pretty much any careers like oh she must have fucked somebody to get to get there you know and sort of simultaneously she's a slut and therefore deserves whatever horrible things you feel like doing to her exactly right exactly yeah or, or that fun where it's like she's a slut so she deserves everything bad that's happened to her her only value is as somebody who has sex but also since it's a woman we're not actually going to believe that any of these bad things happened to her but also she totally deserves it like what <laughs> pick a lane guys yeah yep hold up what was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Unscrewed Nation, time for an announcement break. I have a lot going on this fall, and I'd love for you to be a part of it. I have a couple of events coming up in September, one that you'll hear a little more about later in the show with the one and only Zoe Quinn, who you're listening to my interview with right now. I'll be live with her at Brookline Booksmith in Brookline, Massachusetts tomorrow night if you're listening to this on the day it comes out. So that event is on September 6th. If there's any confusion, it's going to be fantastic. If you're enjoying this show, you're going to enjoy that event. And I would love to see you there. Please come introduce yourself. Tell me you listen to the show. Um, I love, love meeting Unscrewed Nation. And then in a couple of weeks after that, I will be doing a live recording of a crossover podcast with Tina Horn, who does the Why Are People Into That show, which is also a great podcast you should be listening to. We will be together recording live in front of an audience that you could be part of at the Sex Expo in Brooklyn, New York. You can find info about that at sexexpo.com. We'll be there the afternoon of September 23rd. That event is also free, although you do need tickets. So go register for that if you are going to be in the area or can get to the area would love to see you there too. It is going to be my very first live show, so I'm pretty excited about it. And of course, I am also gearing up for the release of Unscrewed the Book, which is more officially known as Unscrewed Women's Sex Power and How to Stop Letting the System Screw Us All. If you are thinking, as I hope you are, that you would definitely like to read this book, please order it now. I can't overstate how important pre-orders are in the launch of a book. They tell booksellers which books they should be promoting, and they can even make the difference in whether or not the book makes it onto bestseller lists. All you have to do to order is just go to getunscrewed.com and pick whichever way you most like to buy books. And if you want to know more about the book before you commit, you can also go to getunscrewed.com to find more information, as well as you can click through and read the early reviews of the book, which I don't mind telling you are pretty fucking awesome. Once you've got your pre-order in, click on over to the events page and check out the tour schedule. This is just the dates we have so far. More dates are still being planned. So if you don't see your city there, let me know and I will definitely see if I can make it. The whole tour is being made possible by the fantastic folks at the Pleasure Chest. Since 1971, the year I was born, the Pleasure Chest has firmly believed that everyone has a fundamental right to pursue sexual fulfillment. With boutiques in New York, LA, and Chicago, at which I will be most definitely stopping for tour events for Unscrewed, the Pleasure Chest is committed to accurate, pleasure-based education and offers an array of free weekly workshops through their Pleasure Ed program, which is open to anyone looking to expand their Pleasure IQ. Their highly trained and sensitive staff is ready to help you find what you're looking for in a safe and judgment-free environment. Prefer to do your sexy shopping online? Visit PleasureChest.com and browse their diverse range of products and special collections curated by today's top sex educators like past unscrewed guests L. Chase and Tristan Taramino, plus Midori, Reed Macalo, and lots more. Check out PleasureChest.com for a complete listing of upcoming events nationwide. And because I got y'all, you can use the code UNSCREWED at checkout and enjoy a free Pleasure Chest lube with every purchase. All right. See you out there. Now back to the show. I actually was reading your book the same weekend that the Charlottesville attack happened. And you 
very strongly in Crash Override say, like, nobody should be the target of online harassment. We should protect anyone who's being targeted. But at the same time, I was seeing people sort of out the white supremacists on Twitter and other platforms and get them fired. And, you know, some people were doxxed. How do you feel about that? So it's tricky, right? Like, yeah, my biggest issue with doxing Nazis comes down to the public nature of it and the accuracy of that information. Because the thing is, is there are a number of other Zoe Quinns that have been targeted, that have had their families targeted, yeah. that have been attacked over and over and over and still are to this day. So there's that issue. Um, there, there's the other issue that, like, I don't know if you remember the day of the Charlottesville incident. They had already pinned the crime on some poor random kid that was like, leave me alone. I'm just listening to music at home in, like, fucking Wisconsin or some shit. And the same thing happened during the Boston bombing. Like they, oh, they, yeah. they tried to pin that on a kid who fucking committed suicide and was dead. Like, what does that, what the fuck does that do to the family? Yeah. So I think there's ways to go about dealing with that sort of thing that don't involve opening it up to necessarily everybody. It's like the mob issue and the accuracy issue that I think I cannot square away with saying, oh yeah, it's fine for Nazis. Especially because like there are enough people whose judgment I absolutely do not trust. I don't know if this example made it into the book or not, but the same people that were decrying what was happening to me, a few weeks later, the Ashley Madison hack happened and people were being doxxed for having Ashley Madison accounts and two suicides were linked to that shortly thereafter. And Ashley Madison being this site for people to have extramarital affairs on. And it, like the same people that were condemning what was happening to me were now cheering for that same thing. So... It's too tricky for me to make any sort of unequivocal statements about any of that. And, you know, I've, I've had to deal with that, that moral gray issue a while. I've had people come to me for help that are from these alt-right groups that are either trying to get out or that they, they eat their own very quickly. And it's like, do I help them or not? And it's like, it's not a matter of even helping them so much as like trying to make sure some people don't die, maybe. Mm-hmm. Because this, this stuff does escalate into, like, really dangerous places. But at the same time, I'm not comfortable with saying that we shouldn't do anything about people that are marching through the street with torches. My biggest hesitancy is with the mob factor and the accuracy of internet detectivery. So if you're going to target white supremacists, you better be super careful that you know what you're doing. <laughs> or even, like, maybe don't do it in an anonymous mob online where shit escalates really fast. And a lot of people are in it for dubious reasons, right? Because if you're like, oh, yeah, I'm the guy that outed this white supremacist, you get a lot of brownie points and shit like that. So it's like, I think there's a lot of shit that can be done in private that doesn't have to become a giant mob thing that could do a lot to minimize harm in cases where it's like an inaccurate thing. It's like, if you recognize a Nazi, you know who they are and with 100% certainty, yeah, sure, call their fucking employer and tell them they're a Nazi, but that's not the same thing as distributing information on someone that could be the wrong person with the same exact name. Like, the coincidences that exist out there um, when people are participating in doxing get downright eerie. There is another Zoe Quinn who lived in Toronto, and, and that's where like I learned how to make games. I lived there for a very long time. Who makes games? So it's like, how sure are you, really? And once you make something public like that, you can't take that back, and you're giving up control over what happens next. And if you're wrong, uh, that's fucking terrifying. Yeah. It's really tricky, and not to even equate 
the two at all just to like draw a hard line between I am changing subjects right now. We should also consider looking into techniques like restorative justice that are more interested rather than the sort of punitive system of like, let's go punish this person. What can we do within our own communities to build more resilience and strengthen us? And it's not like an either or we, we kind of need to do both. And I feel like too often the, the healing factor and the community building factors and the, the resiliency and that sort of thing falls by the wayside because it's easier when you have an identifiable enemy to attack than it is to build something with somebody. Yeah. What about you? What are you building these days? I'm trying to finish a game at the same time as getting ready for the book tour, which was uh, this is a lot of stuff. I'm making sort of an absurdist sex comedy game about loving yourself and other people. Ooh, what's it called? The full name of, of it is... Okay, let me take a breath. The full <laughs> name of it is Pounded in the Butt by the Handsome Living Video Game Manifestation of the Life and Works of Dr. Chuck Tingle. Oh my god, um, that sounds amazing. <laughs> thank you. Uh, it came out of a couple tweets I, I sent to a niche erotica Amazon mystery person, Chuck Tingle, and I t- I've turned that into a, a major game that is starring Dante Bosco, Mara Wilson, Will Wheaton, and a bunch of other people, since I sort of use this as an excuse to strengthen the bond between independent game developers and SAG-AFTRA and, you know, get the union involved with working with people with lower budgets so that everybody's happy and because workers' rights are dope. So yeah, it's like, it uses full motion video, so it's like actual actors and like weird horse heads and tiny shorts and stuff. But the whole thing is like trying to do an incredibly queer sex comedy where, you know, the queerness is never the butt of the joke. Like during one of the sex scenes, which are all handled via dramatic reading by a celebrity, you know, there's like one joke where a Bigfoot pirate ghost and a unicorn butt cop are having sex and the Bigfoot pirate ghost tricks the unicorn butt cop into thinking that he's throwing his voice while sucking his cock. And the unicorn butt cop is like, what? How You can do that? And he's like, uh, I'm just joking with you. It'd be pirate ghost magic. And like, you know, funny little goofy stuff like that where it's like... <laughs> It's trying to bring this like lightness and fun to an absurd sex comedy about love and self-care and stuff like that. When can we play it? I do not want to announce a release okay. date until I'm 120% sure. And sure. since what we're doing is pretty experimental, it's easier for me to err on the side of caution on that. But I should have a pre-order page up by the time this podcast airs at get-tingled.com. Oh my god. Uh, with more information on the game and stuff like that. It sounds amazing and I feel like we need more lightness and joy that more now more than ever now, honestly. It sounds fantastic. I wholeheartedly agree. But I do want to ask you, you've stepped away from Crash Override, is that true? So right now I am trying to work with other people who are smarter than me on how to build out the crisis hotline aspect of it to be Uh, something that's sustainable and something that I don't have to run because I've handled thousands of cases myself and the amount of time and secondary trauma that piles onto somebody that already has uh, PTSD is not great um, and it's not healthy and it's not really sustainable. So what I'm trying to do now is basically reconfigure it so that other people can handle those sort of day-to-days. I can focus on Um, creating more guides the resource center will remain up forever Um, that has a lot of do-it-yourself guides including like this little interactive tool that teaches you how to like lock down and have better uh, digital hygiene and stuff like that that's in very easy step-by-step bites um, because the stuff can can feel very overwhelming and I'm definitely going to continue my advocacy but yeah I mean I have done this for two years yeah 
fighting aggressively, working with tech companies, and having to be the person that like gets a case in, sees all of that shit, works with the the person coming to us about you know risk analysis and action plans, then goes to any intermediary body, whether it's like calling the cops ahead of time to say, hey, you might get a prank call about something dangerous happening at this address. It's you know a prank call. Someone's trying to mess with them. Please knock with your fist, not with your boot. Or uh, going and being the intermediary between them and the tech platforms that this is happening on, just to be told, yeah, well, sorry, this this like Nazis like posting pictures of their home, but you know we can't really do anything for non-specific reasons. And then having to be the person that goes back to that person and tell them that. I did that for three weeks Sorry. when we did the Wham! Twitter reporting project, and not even with the police, just with Twitter, with one platform, and it was wrenching. It was one of the hardest things I've done. So I can't yeah. imagine what doing that for two years feels like. I really honestly can't. I thought that your candor about what it's like working with the tech companies was both sort of bracing and depressing. <laughs> Yeah, if nothing else, like, I want to hand the crisis network off to somebody else because, you know, I'm saying a lot of shit that I'm not really allowed to or should be saying in this book because sometimes you need to burn a bridge while you're fucking standing on it so they know you're not fucking with them. And I, I kind of feel things have sort of stagnated where it's very easy for these tech platforms to claim they can't do anything about it because people don't know how much they just are choosing not to and how quickly their systems end up taking the people who can or, and are interested in doing things and then chewing them up and spitting them out because those people are taking on all of this trauma, uh, this same trauma, basically. Well, not to mention the free labor. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But like, even all of that aside, like I've never gotten paid to do any of this. Like these companies that can spend thousands of dollars on lunch, haven't paid me a fucking cent to like go travel to them, take at least one day out of my life to give them a bunch of information for free. I don't get paid for this. I've never gotten paid for this. One thing I'd also like to do with the hotline is establish some training materials for other more well-established hotlines that deal with things like domestic violence or suicide prevention, things like that, to basically give them a toolkit that we use to help people with the digital components of those things. But yeah, I kind of personally need an exit strategy for this stuff. I was never a good fit for this. I'm not a good fit for activism in general. It seems like you sort of have to be, you know, this pure person who doesn't show anger or... I mean, fuck that shit. (laughs) I agree. I completely agree. However, the people that I would need to listen to me, there's so much respectability politics that happen within anything that has any institutional power. And I'm ascended white trash from Appalachia, man. Like, I'm covered in tattoos. I say fuck the way telegrams say stop. I'm not a good fit for it. So I just kind of want to offload everything I've learned onto other people who love doing that work and are, are great at doing that work. And me personally just help the people that I can in my immediate vicinity because it's like the hotline's been down for renovations for a few months now because it's like this is a very tricky thing to try to figure out, especially when you don't have any money. But people still come to me and they're like, I'm being attacked and I don't know what to do. And I still do all of the lockdowns and triage and all of that stuff like independently. (sighs) And I'm sure I'm going to do that. And I'm okay with that in like, you know, small doses. It's just I was doing like 10 plus cases a day sometimes. And, you know, I wasn't doing other things. I remember I had to tell one group of friends that I had to bail on plans because I was protecting somebody from Nazis that night. And they literally did not believe me. 
And I'm like, all right, cool. Well, you guys have fun. I'm sorry that you think I'm just being a dick and flaking on you for no reason, but this person needs my help. And just like, I never went to college. I've got like some training in in like psychological first aid and, you know, field medic training for protests and stuff like that. But I'm not a fucking social worker. I, I don't have a degree in psychology. I don't. I'm a fucking game developer. It's like the well, best and we need you it. making delicious sex farce games. Like <laughs> the the world needs that, right? Before all this, I think I tweeted out in it feels like another life. It's like I want to be the Oscar Wilde of games. I don't want to be forced into activism as much as I care about it, as much as I care about other people, and as much as like I'm fucking good at what I do. It's just like. There's got to be a better fit for someone who can do this long term because I don't think that's me. And I would rather like spoiler alert. But the whole point of the the end of the book is like, here are the all of the tools. Please do this so that I can go back to being an artist so that because like long term, so many people get into activism because their their lives got fucking hijacked by some bullshit. Right. And it's like how much creative output are we missing? How many voices have we lost? Because when you're targeted, you have no choice but to become an activist because nobody else will fight for you. Mm-hmm. And that's fucked up. It should not be a fucking luxury or a, the privilege of people who are, are not under fucking attack like this to be the only people that get to have a goddamn life. So it's like part of me trying to hand this off to anybody else and get everybody else to step up and do the work is because that standard needs to change. It has to change. Amen. I can't think of a better place to end this. Standing, metaphorical standing ovation. And everybody, like, go buy <laughs> Crash Override, read the book, read her, read Zoe's call, call to action. Like, what it reminded me of most was the end of Buffy. We all have to be the slayers at once now. Oh my God, that's totally what I was going for. <laughs> Unironically, that makes me very happy to hear that that worked. Oh yeah, no, it actually gave me Buffy feels. I know it's a weird week to be talking about Joss Whedon, but um, but fuck that. The end of Buffy is still amazing. Yes. It's time for everybody to stand up and you have a great roadmap for how to do that. So I'm really grateful to you for having written it and for having survived the way you have and also for writing what sounds like an amazing game that I want to play. Like, my hope for you is that you're not the Gamergate girl forever, but, like, you can go back to being a game developer that people are like, oh, Zoe Quinn, who wrote that amazing game. Thank you. Yeah. That means the world to me. So that said, you are promoting your book. How can people follow your work, both the game development and also, like, book tour? Like, do all the promo stuff here. Okay, so we've got... I think 11 cities with a bunch of different dates for the book tour coming up in the months of September and October currently, probably going to add more, including if you're listening to this as it's coming out tonight, I will be at uh, The Strand in New York City at 7 p.m. And also there's a really cool date the next day in Boston, you know, if someone else wants to mention that. Oh, just me, yours truly, in interviewing Zoe live on stage in Brookline, Massachusetts. If you want to go to that, you should check Brookline Booksmith's website to make sure that there are still tickets as of the time you are hearing our voices. That's Wednesday, September 6th. You can find that if you find the Facebook fan page. That's just my name. I can also be found on Twitter at Unburnt Witch for probably obvious reasons to anybody listening to this my website is also www.unburntwitch.com but it is woefully in need of an update um, which is probably something i should do immediately after this podcast 
Uh, <laughs> so people actually know where to find my work. I'm also on Patreon at patreon.com slash Zoe, uh, where if people feel like supporting all of the unpaid labor I do, helping other folks, that's super dope because I don't feel right charging or monetizing for any of that sort of thing. But it does eat up a lot of my time. And I like to release a lot of games and other stuff for free, too. So you get like special access to stuff like that. And, you know, there's a bunch of other games I worked on. There's Depression Quest. There's a, a mobile game called Framed. Uh, Betrayal at the House on the Hill, Widow's Walk. If you like board games, I've got a lot of stuff out there. You can find me, Jacqueline Friedman, uh all over the place on t- Facebook and Twitter. I'm Jacqueline F J C L Y N F on Instagram. I'm Jacqueline Fable. All my stuff is at JacquelineFriedman.com. Friedman with an I E. You can also find tour dates for my upcoming tour for unscrewed the book, which is in November. Probably by the time you hear this, all of those dates will be nailed down, but most of them will be, if not all. Yeah, you can find this podcast wherever fine podcasts are available. Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you'd like to listen. If there's a place you'd like to listen and we're not there, just let me know. I'll make it happen. While you are in Apple Podcasts or wherever you'd like to subscribe, A, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss any of the amazing shows we have for you for this new season. And B, please leave me a little review just five stars and a sentence or two. It makes such a difference in helping other people find the show. Unscrewed is produced and edited by yours truly, Jacqueline Friedman. Our in and out music is by The Pink Tiles. And our cover art is by Nicole Dodonna and was developed in collaboration with The Establishment, who also developed the sound cues. Until next week, I'm wishing you all safe and happy sex lives. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.